welcome to The Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today's text is Proverbs, chapter 10. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. Yahweh does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The memory of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Whoever winks the eye causes trouble, and a babbling fool will come to ruin. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of a wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. On the lips of him who has understanding, wisdom is found but a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool brings ruin near. A rich man's wealth is his strong city. The poverty of the poor is their ruin. The wage of the righteous leads to life, the gain of the wicked to sin. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life, but he who rejects reproof leads others astray. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. When words or many transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is of little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of sense. The blessing of Yahweh makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. What the wicked dreads will come upon him, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the tempest passes, the wicked is no more, but the righteous is established forever. Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. The fear of Yahweh prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. The way of Yahweh is a stronghold to the blameless but destruction to evildoers. The righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not dwell in the land. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked, what is perverse. This is the word of the Lord. So today's chapter really begins like a new section of the book of Proverbs. These were already the Proverbs of Solomon. We have been in his, his wisdom the whole time so far. But this is, again, another section of general statements on wisdom, and this will last all the way until chapter 22, verse 16. First one's pretty interchangeable. A wise son makes a glad father, also a glad mother, and a foolish son makes sorrow for his mother, but also for his father. We keep talking about wisdom as Jesus. So a wise son is a son that has faith in Christ. A foolish son is a son who doesn't. If my children have faith in Christ, yes, that makes me glad. I rejoice, thanks be to God, if they 
didn't have faith in Christ, that would indeed bring sorrow both to myself and to their mother, my bride. Verse 2, really verse 2 through 5, are going to bring forth the idea of hard work and the value of hard work. And as a summary of that then, just to, to share, hard work is the position of the Christian. It's what we're here to do. We're here to give our neighbors our best, to love them the best that we can, to care for God's creation. It's just a mark of who we are. The Christian is not to be lazy and so forth. So verse 2, you've got treasure gained by wickedness, so theft, sin, right, does not profit because it leads to death, but righteousness delivers from death to to walk away from sin, to repent of our sins, and we receive that forgiveness from Jesus. Yahweh does not let the righteous go hungry. Instead, he provides for his people. Whereas the, the wicked, he thwarts them. So he makes it so that they don't attain their cravings, the evil desires of their heart. A slack or lazy hand brings poverty. Chapter 6 discussed that quite a bit. The hand of the diligent would make one rich. So again, praising hard work here. Ephesians 4 verse 28 fits in my understanding of this as Paul encourages the thief to work in order that he would have something to share. Solomon may indeed have material riches in mind here as he was very materially rich, but we would talk as Christians about rich and good works. And so by being diligent in our work, we have much work to give. We have much food to give, clothing to give, whatever it may be, depending on our work. Verse 5 keeps that going. The one who gathers in summer is wise, whereas the one who sleeps at the time of harvest brings shame. So sleeps in instead of going out into the field to work. That's a very straightforward section in terms of, of the meaning of those Proverbs but also uh, the connection, the theme across them. Verse 6 then, God blesses the righteous, provides for, cares for, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. So the wicked man lies to cover over his sins. Uh, This is what James talks about so much in his epistle about the evils of the tongue and how much destruction the tongue, which is just such a small member of the body, yet it can cause such a great destruction, like a spark in the woods, the forest, the rudder of a ship, or the bit in the mouth of a horse. So the wicked conceals, tries to conceal his sin. Verse 7, the memory of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. So this is not talking about the faithful person's brain, the memory of them, so how other people think of you. Or after you've died and are resting with Christ, how they remember you. That's what this is referring to. So the faithful, I mean, think about the people in Scripture, right? We speak so highly of Paul and Peter and and Timothy and and so many others. Abraham and and even Sarah. Even She didn't do anything good in the Old Testament. Like, if you actually read her accounts, there's a lot of not good there. You get to the New Testament time, her memory is good. The memory of her is good because it is Christ. He has redeemed her. He has paid the price for her sin, taken it away, and so it will be for us. 
I'm not worth remembering. But Christ knows me. He brings me to paradise. He does so for you too. The wicked, however, then their name rots. They will not be remembered. They may be remembered in history books for the next hundred years or five hundred years, but eventually that perishes too, and they will not be remembered by anyone. Verse 8, we follow in the Lord's ways, we receive his commands and do them, versus the babbling fool who just continues in his sin, which brings his ruin. Verse 9, that we would walk in the ways of God, that is to walk securely. Even if the world kills you, the world hates us as Christ's people, but even if they kill us, we're secure because we're in Christ. Whereas on the opposite side, the one who makes his ways crooked will be found out, which means judged and destroyed. And so the wicked trying to conceal violence, but you can't conceal violence from God. Verse 10, whoever winks the eye causes trouble. This gets back to chapter 6 around verse 13. There was this section of those who winked and they did certain things with their feet and their hands to make signals and tried to deceive. It was the picture back then. So the deceiver uh, causing trouble, trying to make false deals. The babbling fool will come to his ruin. That's the second time that's been said. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. This is a family conversation point. What makes our mouth, the mouth of the faithful, a fountain of life. What words are supposed to be coming from our mouths? This gets us into the idea that we are to speak of Christ and him crucified. We are to tell the neighbor the good news that we know about Jesus, the forgiveness of sins. We're to give them the reason for the hope that is in us. We'll come back to that verse uh, later on in the text today. We speak Christ to them. We speak his forgiveness, his love, his salvation to them. And that's life. However, the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Second time for that phrase as well. Another contrast. Lots of contrasts, little one-liners throughout this chapter. Hatred stirs up strife is the opposite of the Ephesians 2 text where Paul talks about how Jesus' death breaks down the dividing wall of hostility. Those who love hatred like to continue to build those walls. They like to continue to divide. We see a whole lot of that in our culture today topics of intersectionality, of who's oppressed more, of how to get reparations, of which classes are protected or more special than others. We're always seeing people pitted against each other based on how they look, uh, what they do, what they like, uh, who they like, all those kinds of things. Barriers built. And our culture does so intentionally. And it's the opposite of the faith that we have in Christ. The contrast line here, love covers all offenses. Again, family talking point. Why? Because love is Christ. Christ tearing down by his death on the cross, his blood shed for us the forgiveness of sins, tearing down all hostility. He has crushed sin, death, and the devil for us. There's nothing that separates us from God anymore. We have peace. The love of God covers all offenses blood of Christ on the cross. One of the questions I ask in the first communion interviews I do to see if the youth at our church are ready to receive the Lord's Supper for the first time, it's a Luther's 20 questions, so they're included in your small catechism as well as in your hymnal. Uh, page 329 in the hymnal, I can remember that one for sure. 
one of the questions asks basically why Jesus would do this. Why would he die on the cross for us? The answer is love. Because of his love for us. Verse 13. Well, a lot of conversation in this chapter about lips and mouths, which again makes James chapter 3 a tremendous parallel account to read today. The lips of him who has understanding wisdom is found. Why? Wisdom is again is Jesus. So on the lips of the faithful, Jesus will speak Christ to others. However, uh, those who are not faithful, the rod that is punishment, and ultimately the punishment that is for sin is death, eternal death. The wise, the faithful, lay up knowledge. That is, we seek to learn about our Savior and what he has done for us. Whereas the mouth of the fool brings ruin near. Not a repeat, but very much so like verse 10 and 11 and and so forth that's been said about the fool already in this chapter. A rich man's wealth is his strong city. Wealth can be a blessing. The Lord certainly uses wealth to provide for people, and this is not bad per se. And the poverty of the poor is the ruin. We see the reality of that in the world around us as well, that so many people suffer because they want, they lack. The wage of the righteous leads to life, the gain of the wicked to sin. This little one is really the the idea of multiplication. That if you give a good man money, by good, um, faithful, wise, that he will use that money to do good and faithful things. But if you give an evil man money, he will use that money to do wicked things. That we will do what we have in us. Similarity to the parable of the talents where the one who was given five, he made five more. The one who was given two made two more. The one who was given one hid it in the ground. It was taken away from given to the one who had made the five before. And they were both told, the five and the two men were told to come and enter the joy of their master, that they had been faithful over a little, he would give them much. He would set them up over much. There's a principle here of multiplication, and there's truth to it. Even in earthly wisdom, this is why lottery winners always go broke. Not always, but almost always. They very frequently end up bankrupt because they couldn't manage the little, and they end up with a lot, and they... Do the same. Whoever heeds instruction is on the path to life. So instruction here, God's instruction, God's word, leads to life. But the one who rejects it ends up leading others away. Uh, Jesus commented in Luke chapter 6 verse 39 about whether the blind can lead the blind and they not both fall into a pit. Right? Blind they're unbelieving without faith. Verse 18 is going to take us to the Eighth Commandment. Whoever utters slander is a fool. It's not good. Concealing hatred is a lie. To hate is not good in the first place, but concealing it doesn't help either. Let's talk about it. Let's work on reconciliation, peace, and forgiveness together. You can't do that if it's been buried, swept under a rug. Verse 19 Basically, the more you talk, the more opportunity there is for temptation to lead you astray. 
If you're in a speaking role and you speak a lot, you have a greater opportunity to speak wrongly. Whereas if you keep your mouth silent most of the time, it's going to be harder to speak wrongly. In your wisdom, you will learn what is good and what is evil, and you'll open your mouth when it needs to be opened, when your neighbor needs to be defended, or when the truth needs to be proclaimed. Verse 20, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver, that is, it's of great value. Why? Because it speaks of Christ. The tongue of the faithful, go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. However, contrast, heart of the wicked is of little worth. They point you away from Christ to destruction. Verse 21, the lips of the righteous feed many. It goes back to verse 11, they feed many with life because they speak the life of Christ. But fools die for lack of sense, lack of wisdom, that is, lack of Jesus. They don't know him. Blessing of Yahweh makes rich. He has no sorrow to it. That would be not primarily of this world. Think bigger. Think paradise. And this is most certainly true. Yahweh will give you all things in paradise as you are a co-heir of Christ, with Christ. And there will be no sorrow there. Verse 23 is going to be comparative between joke and and pleasure. So a fool thinks doing wrong is like a joke. That is, it's a normal thing, it's a daily thing, there's a little bit of enjoyment in it. But wisdom, as Jesus, is pleasure to a man of understanding. Pleasure far more value than a joke. So Jesus is of more value to us than evil is to the wicked doer. That makes really easy sense. Jesus brings life, evil brings death. Which is really precisely what verse 24 says. The wicked dreads death, but it will come upon him. The desire of the righteous is life, and it will be given to him. When the tempest passes, that's judgment day, the wicked will be no more. But the righteous will be established forever in paradise with Jesus Christ. Verse 26 is vinegar to the teeth, smoke to the eyes. Those are harmful things. So is the sluggard to the one who sent him. The sluggard, the lazy one... If you send him to go harvest your crops for you as a worker, your har harvest isn't going to get done, and your crops are going to end up rotting. So just as smoke was harmful to the eye, so the sluggard, the lazy one, was harmful to you. Not good. Verse 27, once again, the fear of Yahweh shows up. Chapter 8, verse 13, the fear of Yahweh is the hatred of evil. Chapter 9, verse 10, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom. Fear of Yahweh shows up 14 times in this book, that phrase. 13 times in the rest of Scripture. So, just barely the majority in Proverbs, but that's noteworthy. And this fear of Yahweh phrase, again, I would tell you, definitely fear God. Matthew 10 speaks of that. Jesus will speak of it very specifically. But more so here, we've been connecting it to faith. That fearing Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom. That is, that's faith. It means we trust in Jesus. So our fear of Yahweh that leads us to look at the idea that our sins are evil and would bring us to death, that has helped us to repent and to see Christ and to know that Christ forgives us. So here, faith prolongs life. 
years of the wicked will be short, that is, not prolonged. There is no life apart from Jesus. Pretty straightforward here at that point. The hope of the righteous brings joy. Ask your children, what is our hope? This is First Peter chapter 3, verse 15, that we would always be ready to give a defense for the hope that is in us and to do so with gentleness and respect. The hope that is in us is Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sins and the life everlasting and the resurrection of the dead and the paradise that never ends, where there is no more sin, sorrow, or death, where the devil has no power. That's our hope. It's in Christ. Be ready to speak it to others. It's the word of life on our lips. The expectation of the wicked will perish, so their hopes, their dreams, they don't last. The way of Yahweh is a stronghold to the blameless. The blameless are those who are blameless only in Christ, forgiven. So if we are forgiven, if we are in Jesus, if we have faith in Christ, he is our stronghold. He defends us. But his way is his goodness just leads to destruction for evildoers because they've rejected it. They would rather stay in their sin. So, verse 30, the righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not dwell in the land. As a reference to the promised land, even in Solomon's day of Israel, but that foreshadows the promised land for us, that is paradise. So the righteous will live there forever, not be removed, but the wicked will not live in it. 31, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, that is Jesus. The perverse tongue will be cut off, again, James 3, the evils of the tongue, destroyed, no more, cut off, uh, removed from the people. In this case, it's a tongue, but I mean that was the normal language for the Old Testament, to be kicked out of the promised land, you were cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, they know what is good, they know what is godly, what is of Christ, but the mouth of the wicked only know evil. So, major strength of contrast in between most of these verses in the chapter of the wise and the fool, the faithful who trusts in Christ for salvation, and the fool who thinks of his own way. 